Please remain standing as you're able for God's word from Genesis. We've been following Abraham. Earlier in the chapter that we're about to read from, Abraham finds out that he and Sarah are indeed to have the child. But then God, before God leaves, has one more item of business with Abraham. God said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised for him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached the Lord and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, will not the judge of all the earth do what is right? The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again, now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes. What if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of 45? If I find 45 there, said the Lord, I will not destroy it. Then Abraham goes from 40 to 30 to 20. And then finally he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? The Lord answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Then when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. God says, I will make a great and powerful nation of Abraham, and I will fulfill for Abraham everything that I have promised for him. And I think about that, and I think, well, why did God choose Abraham? What's so great about Abraham? Well, last week we learned one of the secrets of Abraham's greatness is his faith that enabled him to overcome his fear. But we get another look into the greatness of Abraham As we look at the story today, we see the greatness of Abraham, first of all, as compared to Sodom. Now, I know you probably don't think that's a very high bar, given the reputation that Sodom has traditionally in our world. God says of Sodom, their sin is so grievous and the outcry is so great, I've got to check this out for myself to see if they're really that bad. Well, what is, in fact, the badness of Sodom? Traditionally, people have talked about uh, sexual perversion that goes in, in, on in Sodom, and they base that on the next story in the Bible where God sends angels to check out what's going on in Sodom, and they want to assault the angels that come to check out uh, what's going there. But you need to hear this, what the Bible says about the sin of Sodom. It's from Ezekiel 16:49. This is the sin of your sister Sodom. She was arrogant overfed, unconcerned, and did not care for the poor and the needy. It's fascinating when you think about God calling Abraham to do what is right and just, and it's contrasted with Sodom, who not only is not going to do what's right and just, but they're actually going to do wicked things and ignore and hurt other people. The rabbis teach that uh, according to tradition, one of the laws in the city of Sodom was this. Any person who gives a piece of bread to a stranger or a pauper will be burned at the stake. 
They just didn't want those poor and needy folks hanging around the streets of the city. And they wanted to be rid of them. And so anyone who aided them found themselves tortured and then killed. Abraham is different from Sodom. Not only in the fact that he's righteous and is willing uh, to walk with God, but there's even more. And this is interesting to me because uh, Abraham is willing to risk himself for Sodom. And so he protests and says, God, are you really going to kill all those people? And if he had not risked himself and said that, what's ironic is he would have been guilty of exactly the same thing the Bible says about Sodom. That is that they're unconcerned. And quite frankly, Abraham was going to be concerned, not just about the righteous people, but he's really concerned about all people. I look around uh, Christianity today and I see a lot of religious people. I see a lot of people who, like Abraham, love God. And they want to obey God and they want to do what's right. And they know right from wrong. But oftentimes, I don't see them taking the other step of Abraham. I think at its worst, and at their worst, Christians who are only concerned about their own relationship with God and what is right and what is just can do great harm to others. We don't have to look far back in our history to uh, the episode of the Salem Witch Trials or uh, like Nathaniel Hawthorne writes about the Scarlet Letter to see people concerned with right and justice who are all too willing to contemn others quickly. Or we can look across the sea. I remember a guy visiting Germany uh, back in the 70s and he was on a tour and he noticed that one of the guys uh, on the tour was a German native and he started calculating the math in his head and he figured out this guy must have been alive as a teenager in the Second World War. So he pulled him aside during the tour and he said, Rolf, he said, you're from here. He said, did you live here in the Second World War? And Rolf said, yeah, I did. He said, I was a teenager. And he said, well, what was it like? What were you doing here on the home front? And Rolf said to his American uh, newly made friend, oh, it was an exciting time. He said, we lived out in tents and we wore uniforms and we learned all sorts of skills that, that we practiced. And every day we started after breakfast with morning devotionals and then a time of prayer. And then we, we would all sing, now thank we all our God. And we'd go about our different duties and the various skills and training that they were giving us. And then in the evening after dinner, we'd have another devotional, more time of prayer, sing a closing hymn and go to bed. And he said, Rolf, that sounds like a really exciting group. Did it have a name? Yes, said Rolf, Hitler Youth. These were people concerned apparently about their relationship with God, wanting to do what they thought was right, but ultimately not very concerned about other people. At its worst, those of us with a concern for justice can actually do great harm. At our best, sometimes we just don't do any good. We seem to ignore those who have need. It's interesting to me that Abraham comes off in this picture not only as better than Sodom, which isn't hard, but he comes off, according to the rabbis, as better than Noah. Let's think about Noah for a minute. Noah, just like Abraham, loved God and walked with God. Noah, just like Abraham, is obedient. Abraham is called to go to a different country. He obeys. Noah is called, even when it's not raining, to build an ark. He obeys. And Abraham lives in a world that's pretty wicked. The people of Sodom are pretty bad. And God said, I'm going to destroy them. Noah lives in a world that's pretty bad. They're pretty wicked. And God said, I'm going to destroy them. Abraham says to God, now wait a minute. And Noah apparently says, okay, I guess I better start building the ark. There's a huge difference between two people who are righteous and obedient and love God and want to do what's right. 
But one of them cares about more than just himself and his family. There's a lot of us who can get the walking with God and the trying to obey. But do we get everything? Micah says, what is it that God wants from you but to do justice and to walk humbly with God? And oh yeah, there's that third thing, to love mercy. It seems that that gets missed by some of God's people from time to time. Had an experience this week that showed it uh, for me. I was uh, went with my uh, son's tennis team as kind of a volunteer coach and, and driver this weekend to a tennis tournament. And one day we uh, walked in for lunch to a sandwich shop. And so I had four boys, uh, teenage boys, with me. And one of them had lost his billfold. Uh, it turned out, fortunately, to be temporary, but he lost it and, and needed money. And one of the other boys had jumped in after a while and said, well, look, I'll, I'll cover you. So they, they start ordering and the, the four boys uh, in front of me order, and I'm rounding them up, and I'm last, and they've paid, and, and they've moved on, and then it's my turn to order, and so I give my order, and, and she looks at me, thinks for a moment, looks at me again, and said, now, will you be wanting the senior discount? I said, uh, no, ma'am, I still have a few years. And then one of the boys that's with me that said, this he said you know if she was going to insult you like that you should at least take in the discount and i said well chris and he said i know i know he said i know you know you're a pastor you can't lie and i said well it's not because i'm a pastor it's because i'm a christian and then i thought about that you know i had just enough righteousness not to lie but not enough to really jump in and offer to bail out the kid that had lost temporarily his billfold Another one of the kids did that. You know, I look around our Christian world and I see a lot of us wanting to obey, wanting to walk with God, wanting to do justice. But there's that that mercy part that seems to elude some of us. Noah, me, and others. But it doesn't elude Abraham. This is an amazing story. God has just promised Abraham to give him the sun, the moon, stars, give it all. And Abraham risks it. By trying to negotiate with God and standing up before God and saying, God, you don't want to do this. What if they're 50? What if they're 45? What if they're 40? What if they're 30? What if they're 20? What if they're 10? And you almost think, well, 10 must be the cutoff point. But if you read the story closely, what apparently happens at 10 is that God's had quite enough of the discussion. And God turns around and walks off. But it's almost like Abraham's getting ready to ask for five. Have you ever been to a market and... Uh, Mexico or another foreign country where everything was open for negotiation. Yeah, we, we could do that over beads and trinkets. But for Abraham, it's about people. And what if God doesn't like this discussion? Abraham could lose it all. But it's worth it for the people who are in need. There's a word for this in Hebrew. They call it chutzpah. We sort of use chutzpah as if you're a pushy person. But they use it as a bold faith that's persistent on behalf of others and won't quit until others have what they need. Jesus told a story about a guy that in the middle of the night knocks on his neighbor's door and won't quit knocking until he gets bread for some people who are hungry. That's what Abraham does. He's knocking. He's still knocking when God walks off. He's not going to quit because it's not just about him and his relationship with God, but it's about others as well. As I look at the scriptures, I only ever see Jesus give one homework assignment. You can go back and read the gospel and see if you agree with me. Only once do I see him give homework. 
Once he looks at a group of religious people, and this is what he says to these good religious people, you need to go home and learn what this Bible verse means. I desire mercy more than sacrifice. The only piece of homework. And it was given to the religious students. Go learn mercy. And I thought about that. You know, if Abraham is going to teach the world what is right and administer justice in the world, then it's a good thing that he's got mercy. I want the people making judgments in this world to also be merciful. That's what I want. I want those who are doing right to do it with mercy and grace. And then I think, isn't that what I've received? Isn't the one who's going to judge me? Isn't the one who's going to judge me the same one who came to save the world and when the world was killing him, this is what he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know. The one who would judge us would also advocate for us. The one who does what is right also does what is merciful. That means a lot to me because I don't always get the mercy part right. I mess it up. Prayer of confession today just hits it on the head for me. I find it sometimes inconvenient to help those in need. I find that I'll start, but, but I won't finish where another person is involved. And I know that one day I'm going to have to face the judge about that issue. But I'm also reminded of a story about a woman who's in another country, and the laws of this country are extremely strict, and she was caught in a traffic violation. In the States, it's a pretty minor thing. But in that country, she could spend months, if not years, behind bars. The attorney that she gets tells her this. Fortunately, she doesn't have to wait in jail very long, and it's, it's time for the trial. And fearing that she might not see home again for years, she's extremely nervous as together they walk into the courtroom. She looks at the judge's bench, and she looks at the judge, and suddenly the fear melts away. And the frown on her face turns to a smile because she knows the man behind the bench. He studied law in the United States for three years and lived with her family while he studied. He's not just a judge. He's a good friend. And I need to remember that because one day I'm going to stand in front of the judge and have to admit the times where I failed to do what's right, but worse, the times I failed to do what was merciful. But when I look at him, I will eventually smile because I know that my judge is also my friend.